0: Hello, listeners, this is Dr. Shante. And before we get into the next part of our series with Dr. Mary Hendrickson, because that conversation was off the chain. I'm so excited about it that I just wanted to get these announcements out of the way really quick so that we can dive right into our content. However, I hinted in the last episode that I had some good things happening that were just around the corner. And so I'm finally ready to share those things with you. The first thing is creating consistency. Creating consistency is the most popular download on my website, Ready to Believe. And I understand why, because it's so easy to get motivated about something, but it's really hard to stay motivated. It's really hard to stay the course. And after a couple of days, a couple of weeks, we just throw in the towel and we don't stay laser focused on our goal. And I used to offer that course in a three-week format, but I have totally revamped it. I have upgraded it, elevated it, and added some additional concepts that have even helped me be consistent in losing weight during quarantine. So I don't know if I shared this with y'all, but I'm down about 25 pounds. Hallelujah! And none of that would have happened without being able to be consistent. I am so proud of that work, and I want to share that work with you so Next Saturday, August the 8th, mark your calendars. I will be hosting a two-hour webinar on how to create positive and lasting results, how to get motivated, how to stay motivated, how to reach your goal and produce what you are actually striving after. And so if you want to take advantage of that, go to my website, readytobelieve.com, and you can go ahead and register for that. I cannot wait to facilitate that for you and with you. It's a live experience, so it's not going to be like a pre-recorded thing. I'm going to be right there in real time. So next Saturday, August the 8th, registration is open. Make sure you go and take advantage of that to be able to create consistent, lasting, positive results in your life. The second thing is I have not done events in a really long time. And part of that reason is because I had to work through my own stuff and whole and complete I've been very transparent about all of the stuff that I've been working through and now that I've done that work and continuing to do that work I realized that I shifted from just accepting my circumstances as my reality into shifting into a place where I was ready to thrive and so I will be hosting the first event that I've hosted in years (laughs) a half day virtual retreat called Ready to Thrive. And so we are going to spend a half day removing obstacles, mental barriers, shifting our mindset so that we're not just surviving and getting by and just accepting what is, but really positioning ourselves to thrive and operating from a position of power and possibilities rather than the desolate circumstances of you know maybe my job isn't this or my marriage isn't that Uh uh-uh we're not we're not operating from that place anymore because that place does not serve us and so ready to thrive is going to be my half day virtual retreat and registration is open that is going to be happening september 19th so you got a little bit of time to prepare but registration is open for that as well so Join me for the webinar if you are really trying to create results in your life. You know that you are a procrastinator. You know that you keep dropping the ball. You know that you get excited about stuff and then you don't follow through. That is happening next Saturday. And then you can also register for the virtual retreat if you are ready to thrive. If you are ready to stop just getting by and you are really ready to thrive in your purpose and your passions and nail all the excuses to the cross so that you can move forward into the life that I believe that God has for all of us, which is to be whole and complete, lacking nothing. The half day retreat ready to thrive is now open for registration. So that is that. I'm super excited about it. I cannot wait to work with you. And yeah, that's it. That's the announcement. That's the big stuff. And if you want to do that and get yourself registered, head to readytobelieve.com, dot com. dot com. Get yourself registered, and I will be so excited to work with you either next week or next month. Cause man, July is pretty much over, so we're already getting into September. It's time to fall back into action. So, if you want to take advantage of either one of those, make sure that you head to readytobelieve.com. dot com last but not least i am so about that gratitude life and i have said that you can support this podcast in a number of ways you can share it you can rate it Or you can become a patron on patreon.com forward slash Dr. Shantae. And wouldn't you know, I have my first patron and I'm so grateful for that person. So Robin G, I'm not going to say your whole government name because I don't want everybody in your business. But I do want to just take a moment to personally thank you for supporting this show financially because you don't have to do that. So to make that investment in this content and in this platform, I really, truly do appreciate you. Now, without further ado, let's get into it with Dr. Mary Hendrickson. Hello, and welcome back to Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and this is the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And I am excited about our guest. Actually, I'm always excited about our guests, but I am excited about our guest today because She is such good people. I remember attending a women's conference and I heard her speak and I just was making like, like kids at Christmas, making a list and checking it twice. I was like, I've got to get her on my show. And so to finally have the opportunity to do that, I am very blessed. So this is the third part of our depression and anxiety series. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I'm going to encourage you to circle back and listen to the first two episodes of this series to kind of ground you in the context of the conversation that we're going to be having today. But my guest is none other than Dr. Mary Hendrickson, who is an assistant professor at Moody Bible Institute downtown Chicago, and she is teaching in the human services and pre counseling program about three years now, but in terms of being vested in this work, the counseling field as a practitioner, she has been doing this for about seven years. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mary. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to hear your voice. Thank you. So it's funny because as before we were having the pre-conversation, Dr. Mary had mentioned that she has listened to my podcast and I just was like, OMG, every time I hear that like a licensed professional, cause y'all know that's not my, what I do. But every time I hear that a licensed professional has listened to the show, I feel like that scripture in the Bible where, you know, John is like, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. <laughs> like you are so far beyond in terms of depth of understanding and education of this work and, <laughs> I'm just trying to to bring people closer to the fire because I truly do believe that we are capable of living in the manner of which God expects and has his will for our life which is to be whole and complete lacking nothing. And so not only am I grateful for you listening to the show, but you did listen to the depression and anxiety episodes before we got to this conversation. So do tell what jumped out for you. You know, th- thank you for asking
1: because again, they were we talked about this earlier. They were Fabulous and you got into it, right? You got into it. I think the things that stepped out uh, what brought my attention that was most salient to me was maybe the idea of what anxiety does. See, oftentimes when we think about anxiety, especially from, from a secular and from a Christian perspective, what we often do is that we demonize it, right? And for good reason, because oftentimes anxiety and depression, it stifles our, our daily activities. It could uh, really put a lot of strain on our well-being. However, what we often miss is the benefits of anxiety.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Right? And sometimes I think when we understand the fullness of what we're experiencing, it can actually release us from the, the secondary emotion. So I always say, you know, secondary emotions is what you're experiencing and what that causes the experience. So, so oftentimes we'll have anxiety about having anxiety, but if no, <laughs> right? so that's our secondary disturbance, but I, I have found and this is from a personal standpoint, I'm very transparent, and I've struggled with anxiety, um, from a personal standpoint, as well as professional standpoint, when I, edu- when I became more educated on what anxiety is there for, then I didn't, then I could navigate and try and that understanding of why it's there, right? Why it's there, therefore, that would then alleviate or at least minimize that secondary disturbance, right? Because oftentimes I would be, I, w- I would have panic attacks and I would be somewhere and I would be afraid and start panicking because people would see me panic. Right. Mm -hmm. And So once we start getting into what things are there and what they are there for by God, right. Not necessarily that he does everything, but we have to think about emotions and feelings and uh, all of these different uh, whether it's anxiety or whether it's physiological symptoms, whether it's your heartbeat, those are things that were given to us so that we can be alert alerted of something and so when I started understanding that it started giving me more insight into handling or even thinking about the way we think about anxiety if that makes sense
0: it does and and here's something that you're kind of alluding to but I would, I want to pull this out so that it's explicit and clear for our listeners mm-hmm. it and it's the purpose of anxiety and the benefits of anxiety so can you break that down for us like what does anxiety do what is what purpose and function does it fulfill in terms of our overall well-being
1: yeah anxiety is we we always talk about i think most people a lot of people know about the fight or flight response right the fight flight or freeze will we, we attach right and that is there when there is something that feels threatening okay that is actually there to prepare us to be able to respond so if a bear is coming, you want that, it's, 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 part, of, it's in, uh, part of our brain called the amygdala, right? You want that to be there. So then what our body does in response, our heart rate gets going, our cortisol uh, gets triggered, we get sweaty palms, that is all preparing us to be able to respond in the appropriate manner. So if a bear is coming, you want that there, right? Because that that is alerting you that something is going on and your body is preparing to fight it or flee or freeze, right? The problem with that is that we oftentimes will tell ourselves that something is a threat when it really isn't. And that's when anxiety becomes a disorder.
0: Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. So anxiety is actually there for our benefit. In my research, there was a very good article from, uh, her name is Christine Tai. And it's an article, seven ways anxiety actually works to your advantage. And she comes, there's a ton of research out there, but there's seven that she really hit on. The first one is anxiety makes you smarter in terms of, She talks about how when you're highly intelligent, most anxious people are oftentimes highly intelligent because they often feel as if they are missing out on this critical piece of information. And it doesn't necessarily, I won't say that it definitely makes you smarter, but it definitely makes you more toward higher level of, of learning because you constantly want to make sure that you're prepared. You constantly want to build on a better understanding. The second one she talks about is anxiety is rooted in your need to protect yourself. And that's what I discussed before. So oftentimes we get, we get anxious, like I said, and then we have that secondary disturbance of anxiety because we fear, right? But we will often, we, we will not see that that anxiety is showing us there's something going on with us. Even if it's something that's unhealthy, it's still telling us that it's something that we need to pay attention to. And then we protect ourselves once we understand that I'm in this moment and I feel anxious. Why is that? I'm going to give you an example. So my daughter, she's 15. So all the mamas who've gone through the teenage phase, God bless you. Please pray for me.
0: Um, Me too, because I'm right at the beginning. Like My child, it will be 14 in September and I'm already like, I'm over it. I'm like, oh, this part sucks. I,
1: I tell you, I wished for these, uh, quote unquote, the twos, the terrible twos, the terrific twos, whatever we want to call it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hails in comparison to this.
1: Absolutely. But what I noticed with my my teenager, they, there are new anxieties, right? Before when they were mm, younger, we didn't mm-hmm. want them to fall. We didn't want them to hurt themselves. We didn't want, you know, all of these different things that... Um some sometimes they're, you know, from societal standpoint, sometimes they're from our own stuff, right? But my daughter will say something or do something or be interested in the opposite sex at this point and I find myself extremely anxious. Now, there's two things I can do. I can say, "Oh man, this is horrible. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. She's going to do this." But what I've learned through therapy Is that that anxiety is giving, is alerting me that something's going on with me. And what's going on with me are my thoughts about what that means when she says she's interested in the opposite sex. It's not the actual declaration or observation. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the message that I told myself about what that means that's causing the anxiety. And that's what I needed to address. Does that ooh, make
0: sense? Oh, let's 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 park the car right there. Let's let's yes. park it. like when you go through the car wash and they tell you to put your car in neutral. Let's park <laughs> it right there. So, one of the things that I mentioned on the previous episode about anxiety was that a lot of it is facilitated by a lo- feeling like we don't have control, right? And so when a, a a member of the opposite sex, you know, comes in the picture and now because we're on the other side of that coin, we know 50 million different scenarios about how this could play out. And a lot of them are bad scenarios yes. and it's like, okay, how can I manage this? How can I control this? How can I, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing? Yeah. It creates anxiety. And I love what you said. You're like, wait a minute. It's not the fact that she's interested or that he's interested. Mm-hmm. It's about what I've told myself mm-hmm. that this could potentially mean that I have to deal with. And I Thank you for saying that because sometimes when our anxieties are triggered uh, by third parties, sometimes our knee-jerk reaction is to now go and try to manage the third party to try to, you know, Mm -hmm. you're grounded. You can't leave your room for the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. Right. Instead of of looking at like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me have a conversation with myself. Let me talk to Jesus. Let me call my therapist and figure out why this is creating something for me.
1: Yes. And you use, and I can't remember if it was part one or part two, but you use the example when you took your mom to see what's love got to do with it. Right. And yes, yes. that scene triggered so much stuff in you. It wasn't necessarily the scene in general. It's what you attach to that scene. Cause someone who didn't go through the same background as you could watch that scene and be perfectly, you know, they may have feelings about it, but it wouldn't trigger them to the extent that it did you because yes. of what. They they didn't have that background or that um, they have a different schema is what we call a lens than what you've experienced, right? And that's what it is. And one of the things that I I talk about I often talk about is and I do in my own life when how do we know when it's us, right? How do we know when anxiety is rooted in something that we need to work on? One of the ways that we can and I and I know we're kind of like parking the car, but we got the windshield wipers. We got a lot of stuff going on with the car park right now, but One of the ways that we can identify if we if it's if anxiety is triggering something that we need to work on, something in our past, something that's unresolved, it's called projection, right? It's called what do you respond to in a in a in a in a way that's not fitting of the situation? That oftentimes is an alert that tells you that's yours. So if my daughter comes downstairs and she has on a t-shirt that I might find a little bit tight, right? Not too bad. And I fly off the handle.
0: A little snug. A little (laughs) snug,
1: right? And she goes from, I, I go from, you know, where it could have been go back upstairs and change because that's not appropriate to she's going to be locked up in jail or she's going to be on the street somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. so we, so oftentimes what we will do is project our anxiety and project all of our stuff onto someone else. And that is a good indicator when you find that you get upset over the things or irate over certain things that doesn't necessarily fit the scenario, right? Yes. But that's a good thing, right? That's why I say that even though these things are negative in a way, um I don't even want to say negative, unhealthy, okay unhealthy. I don't like saying bad or good or negative or positive. I like to say healthy and unhealthy, because some things that are healthy for you are unhealthy for me. But if it's unhealthy, then oftentimes we can see that as okay anxiety is good because now it's telling me that I need to pay attention to this unhealthy piece of myself. Right? Yes. And we look at that when the way that we respond to other people. So I don't know if we circle back around, but we do it often. Anxiety can be rooted in protecting yourself and alerting yourself to whatever needs to have attention, uh, uh, what needs to be
0: attended to. That is wow. That right there is really powerful because next season so you know we're we're wrapping up season one pretty soon but next season i might have to bring you back yeah. i have a whole series planned on mama trauma yes. yes and mama trauma a lot of things that people experience black people experience with their mothers is rooted in this word that you projection mm-hmm. that there is something unresolved in me. There is mm-hmm. a wound that it has not been healed in me. And mm-hmm. so when I see something in my child that reminds me of that unresolved issue or that mm-hmm. unhealed wound, mm-hmm. I the stories that I've heard are really just heartbreaking. You know, I've had women say that their mothers told them, you ain't ish, you know, you'll no. yo fast tell you, you know, you, you yeah. out there going to be nothing but a hole and da 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 and I'm like, oh, things that I just would never, I could never imagine saying to my child, like, because yeah. I just know how hurtful right. words can be. But that was par for the course for a lot of people in their upbringing, and I think it's very much rooted in what you just described that 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 projection is like. Wait a minute, right? You really went somewhere that the situation did not. <laughs> Call for and having that level of awareness to say you know what I need to root this out I need to pull that thread and see where this goes because Mm -hmm. this isn't healthy
1: right and here's the thing and I love that you're saying this because here's the thing the reason why oftentimes that we do that's how uh, a lot of black moms respond absolutely is it's because we, historically, historically, we have not had the luxury of paying attention to the wounds. Mm. You know what I mean? Talk about it. We, we have been indoctrinated into to sucking it up, as I say, or be strong, right? And taking care of the, we talked about this earlier uh, when, before we started filming, uh, taking care of the family, being that matriarch, being someone that has to or feels like they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, right? I said it's historical. So we're always told we were, we were indoctrinated in the U.S. of being these strong people, right? And when they said strong, they weren't talking about just physically, we didn't have the affordance of having someone to say, I care or empathy, right? That's not our history. And so what we do as African-Americans, we, you know, especially if we do, we've never had that luxury, it's kind of like looking through a window and you see all these expensive toys and all these things and you see people walking in and just picking it up and we're just looking in saying, wow, that must be nice, right? Because we've never been able to afford it, (laughs) you know? And so oftentimes, we are still functioning from the the past issues that we've experienced in being enslaved in America. I have to be honest, right? We're still functioning as we are as if we do not have space in this thing called mental health or emotional well-being because we didn't have that historically, right? We didn't even know what that looks like. We couldn't be afforded that. It, that's why you get well. Don't don't cry. You got to do what you got to do. You got to you know Fuck and it that up. Is, shake it off. You got to shake it off. And what is happening is that we are dying exponentially because of it, and not just you know from high like what we call Axis One disorders, as you know, schizophrenia, bipolar, and so forth, but somatically, right? We keep it all in, and somatic just means physical symptoms, and right. so we get stomach aches, we get heart palpitations, and our bodies are being, are just dying. They can't take it, we're not made as people biologically to hold in all of that stress. Again, it goes back to that stress and anxiety. That's there for a reason, to remind you what you need to pay attention to. It may reveal your corpus, your core values. There's a lot of positives to that, but it's not meant to stay there long-term. It's for you to pay attention to it, address it, and then all of the physiological sim- symptoms dissipates and you're back to your normal state status, right? Or homostasis. And so that is what it's there for. But as African-Americans, we've never had the affordance to be able to address it. So guess what happens? We stay at this high level of anxiety with no type of base. We have no idea what it feels like to feel quote unquote normal and our body responds and that is killing us with our, we have the highest
0: high blood pressure, hypertension, blood pressure. diabetes, all of, all of it.
1: All of it, right? Because and so now what the work that I'm doing, that you're doing, that a lot of uh individuals are starting to see in our community is that it literally is killing us and we have to we have to address it. It can no longer be a stigma. It can no longer uh, be something that is looked at as weakness. You talked about um, that on um, uh, one of the episodes that it's you know something that has been looked at as weakness. And to be honest, you know, and I and I I get so upset because I forgot who actually said this. But self care is a form of resistance.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Right? <laughs> right. We 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 think being taking care of ourselves, especially as Black women, we've been told we don't have space for that. But you already know we can't pour from an empty cup. Talk about it. Give ourselves and and addressing our anxiety and addressing depression, addressing some something that's alerting us that something's wrong is a form of self care, and that is the strongest thing that you can do for yourself.
0: Amen. So y'all, I might have to put Dr. Mary's cash (laughs) app in the show notes. Y'all better pass this collection plate because (laughs) you just some gems. And one of the most powerful things that you said, and really the saddest, is that being able to actively, intentionally lean in to your own mental well-being mm. is luxury. Right. That that's a privilege. That that's something that we have not been afforded and that we don't always afford in ourselves. And I'm going to speak to the women for a minute. I know I got brothers listening to the show. We're going to circle back to this in season two. I promise that we are. But Mm -hmm. there is a a difference. There is such a difference between the way that Black women are raised and Black men are raised. The expectations are vastly different. And so that whole notion of having to, to take care of and be a help to and be available to and cater to Mm-hmm. We get indoctrinated with that and you and we go to all of these church programs uh, learn how to be the Ruth, you know, in preparation for your Boaz. Ain't nobody talking about Boaz. How about you learn how to be a Boaz? Ain't nobody, <laughs> right, you know, right. You know, but it, we got to get ourselves together. You know, we gotta 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 make our our hair pretty yes. and and get the eyebrows snatched and all this. Yep. Who shot John? But ain't nobody talking about what he needs to do yep. in preparation for that. So even within our own culture, the expectations are so drastically different. But I do want to circle back or or, or kind of walk across the bridge in a sense to mm-hmm. how depression and anxiety are related because they're not one and the same but they certainly it seems like in there are instances where one can kind of produce the other mm-hmm. and depression is definitely one of those things and we are not going to have a kanye conversation today <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do it I, we just not gonna do it because we don't have enough time in the show but at what Here's if there is a silver lining, I think that one of the things that what he's going through currently highlights is, I mean, it's obvious. It's such a a clear indicator that something is not right, that something is not well. And what it diminishes and dispels and debunks in a lot of ways is this notion that if I had money, if I had fame,
1: right? No. if I had,
0: you know, a cattle on a thousand hills, then I would be right as rain and Kanye has all of that and then some, and yet he still has his, his challenges and that's a form of depression. But can you kind of connect the dots for us between the, the relationship between depression and anxiety?
1: Sure. So I will go back to my, my, uh, example or my, what I talked about in terms of secondary emotions or secondary disturbances so i'll give you an example in my life with my daughter say that there is uh no excuse me i'm going to use something from the church i'm going to use something from the church let's go to the church if i am feeling a little down or a little anxious let's say i'm feeling anxious about something and i'm just not you know what church people i'm not putting my faith in god and it's not strong and i just feel a little anxious just a little anxiety And then someone from the church, very well-meaning sister or mother so-and-so and so, -so, very well-meaning, they come and they say, well, you're not being this. And the the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything but in everything. They give you all of the anxiety scriptures, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What has happened with me personally and what I've seen professionally happen is that anxiety that we initially felt, for example, of maybe being afraid that we're not going to be able to pay bills or being afraid that our kid's going to do this. That then turns into depressed feelings because you're now, that anx- that anxiety that you initially felt, now you've internalized and what that third person Yes, you've internalized that with that third person said, or that's that person said, and because it was an indictment on your, your, your spirituality, your walk, right? You've internalized that as being your identity. And now you're depressed because you're you're anxious. Does -hmm. that make sense?
0: That makes perfect sense. Because in addition to like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay this bill? Or, oh my goodness, you know, is my child making good decisions? Now it's, you're not a good Christian, right? And that's
1: the part that oftentimes is connected with depression in, in, in that example, where we may have just a response, which is anxiety or that day we feel a little down, but then it's a, what we talked about earlier. It's the messages, whether they're external or whether they're internal, that then may put us in a whole different disturbance. So now I'm walking around and now I'm depressed, not am depressed. Cause we talk, actually, it's so good that you talked about before. I, I feel depressed because I'm a bad Christian because I felt anxiety. Right. So it's us. So so oftentimes those two can go hand in hand in a way of secondary or uh, secondary disturbances, but it's usually coming from an external factor. But I also want to say the combination with that can also be, you know, we don't we don't want to look at it in such a, in a small or myopic way. We want to look at anxiety and depression in a biological or physical way as well. Right. Because sometimes you're, I have heart issues and oftentimes my heart issues can trigger feelings of anxiety. Even I can just sit here and just feel like my heart is palpitating and my hands are shaking and nothing's happening. So there's a biological issue happening and you can experience feelings of anxiety. But what often happens, what I found before I started my healing journey, is that I would get I would get depressed because I would have these ang- anxious feelings. I didn't want to have them, and I didn't feel like I can go out because I'd be afraid that people would see them. And now I'm depressed that I don't have that that courage to go see people. So then all of these different messages are tying into maybe just a feeling that was happening or something I didn't understand, but it actually fed into the the initial feelings, and it turned into a whole nother emotional or psychological issue. Does that make sense?
0: That makes total perfect sense. And listeners, here's, here's an important takeaway from what Dr. Mary just described. The Bible says be slow to speak and quick to hear. That's right. (laughs) Be slow to speak and quick to hear. Mm -hmm. And so in your first example, that well-meaning church person Mm -hmm. that that wants to, to scripture you right on up out of your depression or scripture you <laughs> right on up out of your anxiety, you know, and it's not to be uh, tongue in cheek because God does have a, a word for that. At the same time, we have to learn how to reach for empathy mm-hmm. instead of, you know, what you need to do or what you aren't doing, mm-hmm. saying something as simple as I'm sorry that you're feeling like that. Can I pray with you? You want to, pray about, you know, and, and just say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a partner with you in this, as opposed to indicting people and damning people and condemning people because they don't have the, the spirit of the Lord, you know, and ready to run laps around the church because every day is not a sunny day, whether you are Christian or not.
1: Right. And the thing about it is when we look in the word, oftentimes I w- in my counseling skills class, I will, the first thing uh, thing that I would ask them to do is look in the Bible. They all have to pull out their Bible, whether it's their phone or whatever it is, and look at all of the ways that uh, Jesus expressed emotions. Right. Ooh, Right. <laughs> That's good stuff. It is so interesting that we as a church only want to see and hear about joy. But I tell you, when that brother Jesus was flipping over tables, that wasn't joy. Come on, right? <laughs> That was, and it was righteous anger, but it was there for a reason, right? Yeah. And so when we think about that, we cannot look at that from a standpoint that that is an actual, that the, the feelings are, are, are in itself some type of sinful nature that we need to address. We're not, we can't, we, we have enough friends, Job's friends, right? (laughs) Everybody wants, everybody wants to tell you what you're doing wrong. Right. You know, and maybe it, you know, oftentimes it's God saying, listen, I gave you this passion. I gave you this nervousness about this situation because I need you to address it. But when, when it gets misdirected or when we feel like it's something that is bad, so, and it's a social construct, it's from society oftentimes, we will uh, take something that God can, it, God can use and we'll turn it into some kind of indictment on who we are.
0: And once again, it appears we have a four part series. Dr. Mary was flying and there is literally another 25, 30 minutes of this interview. We were just gone. And so the finale of this series will be a part four and it will happen next week but man that is some good stuff so i hope that this episode at least this part of it the series was a blessing to you that dr mary was a blessing to you and we will wrap this conversation up in our next episode but as i said at the beginning i'm so excited to bring create consistency back to you instead of a three-week class we are doing a one-day kind of intensive webinar format because i want you guys to get going In so many ways, we think that 2020 is canceled. And while it may have canceled a lot of our plans, it has not canceled our future. And so we have to get out of that mindset and get ourselves back on track. And my half-day retreat, Ready to Thrive, is going to be such a blessing. I'm bringing some other members from the wellness community to join me in that effort. And you are actually the first to hear about it. And so creating consistency, Ready to Thrive. Head to to readytobelieve.com and you will be able to register for either one or both of those. Actually, if you register for both of them, then you get a discount on the other one. And so there's a nice perk there. So please make sure that you do that. If you heard this episode and feel like it will be a benefit to someone else, please share it. Those of you who are sharing, I appreciate you so much. Those of you who are rating this podcast and writing reviews, I appreciate you so much. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shantae Says, and I will see you on the finale, the for real finale of this series next time. Take care.